Welcome to the only podcast that shares the astronomical and mathematical positions of the heavenly bodies. This is Sky Astrology. No, not astrology. This is Sky Astrology via astronomy. Hello, it's AKA Claudette with the 312th episode of Where the Heavenly Bodies Are. And like I said, I promise to come every day this week because this is a very eventful week, <laughs> to say the least. Um, firstly, it's quite an eventful week for myself. And one of the reasons why is because I have finally decided after you know quite a few years of observing it's something that I do I don't very easily decide to um, put information out that I haven't observed over a long period of time and that I've investigated further but what is a great opportunity usually to verify something is when the aspect that I am, the aspect of something I'm investigating is coming to fruition or there's a special event. And this special event is the new moon that is happening this week on the 20th, 21st. And this is about the constellation of Orion and trying, I've been trying to understand the constellation of Orion that actually what kind of energies are available to everyone on earth when heavenly bodies are transiting this part of the sky. So this part of the sky, of course, is one of the most uh, familiar and known constellations even from a very young age people know the belt of Orion and of course there are um, a lot of theories about the belt of Orion and the pyramids and there's a lot of interest at the moment or not at the moment only but in the last year about Betelgeuse which is the second brightest star of Orion and is in Orion's shoulder uh that is why it's so poignant now because actually this new moon will be aligned with this star that we are not sure has turned into a supernova or not but Betelgeuse is a huge star and I am first and foremost an observer and one thing about being an observer is being conscious that there is something to observe and kind of how I look at it is being open to what happens. So I don't come with a theory exactly. I come with an awakeness, with a consciousness that I want to see and and be a part of any energies that might show themselves when our sun and moon or other planets are aligned. And right now, and for some time now, in the last few months, and we know we'll be going through the last few months, the 
north node, which is the ca a calculation of the ascending moon and sun uh, alignment, is also aligned with Betelgeuse. And so that's also where this partial solar eclipse will happen. So I'm asking, um, yeah, you to observe with me. I'm asking if you know or if you are someone who celebrates their birthday on the 16th to the 20th of June. To get in touch with me, I'm offering uh, free discovery calls and that also helps with my research and it helps you to explore how astronomy is a true and valid energy in your life and as I say sky astrology um, is what I teach and what I feel is a um, important perspective to have especially in these changing times and especially if you are a person who it considers yourself more spiritually aligned than um, you know materially aligned to be honest okay so that's my little talk about Orion now I'm gonna come back with where the heavenly bodies are today and sharing something important about Saturn. I'm going to be reading from a lecture from 1923 from Rudolf Steiner about the spirituality of Saturn because Saturn right now is zero degrees and that is a special time as well. So I'm back with this amazing uh, lecture from July 27, 1923, The Spiritual Individualities of the Planets. Now, I read previously about his um, views of the moon, and this time I'm going to be reading about Saturn because Saturn and Mars are standing at zero degrees, and this I consider very important uh position in the sky mathematical where there's a lot of information available and it's just our need to listen okay so when we I just want to read a little bit about how he introduces this about the planetary system and then I'll read about Saturn if the whole planetary system is comprised in the picture of a rotating nebula out of which the heavenly bodies gradually separated, what essential difference is there between, for example, the moon and Saturn? It is, of course, true that very important researches carried out during the 19th century into earthy, earthly substances, particularly the minerals, have been able to say a great deal about the material composition of the heavenly bodies and have worked out a certain kind of physics and chemistry for them. This has made it possible for ordinary textbooks to give specific details about Venus, Saturn, and the moon, and so on. But all this amounts to no more than making an image of, let us say, the physical organisms of man, leaving out of account altogether. In fact, the fact that he is 
a being of soul and spirit. Now I'm going to say he or she. With the help of initiation science, we must again learn to realize that our planetary system too is permeated with soul and spirit. And today I want to talk to one to speak of the individualities and the individual character characters of several planets. Now I spoke about the moon. Now I'm going to read what he says about Saturn. And he says, now we turn, we now turn to Saturn. In earlier times, Saturn was regarded as the outermost planet of our system, Uranus and Neptune having been added much later. We will leave them out of consideration now and think of Saturn as a kind of antithesis to the moon. The nature of Saturn is such that he receives many diverse impulses from the universe, but allows none of them to stream back. At all events, not to the earth. Okay, let's just say that. But allows none of them to stream back at all events, not to the earth. Saturn, too, of course, is irradiated by the sun. But what he reflects of the solar rays has no significance for earthy, earthly life. Saturn is an entirely self-engrossed, heavenly body in our planetary system, raying his own being into the universe. When we contemplate Saturn, we tell, he tells us always what he is. Whereas the moon, contemplated in its external aspect, tells us about everything else in the universe, like a satellite. Saturn tells us nothing at all about the impulses he receives from the universe. He speaks only of himself tells us only what he himself is and what he is reveals itself gradually as a kind of memory of the planetary system. Saturn presents himself to us as the heavenly individuality who has steady fast participated in whatever has come to pass in our planetary system and has faithfully preserved it in his cosmic memory. He is silent about the cosmic present. He receives the things of the cosmic present into himself and works upon them in his life of spirit and soul. True, the host of beings indwelling Saturn lend their attention to the outer universe, but mutely and silently they receive the happenings in the universe into the realm of soul. And they speak only of past cosmic events. That is why Saturn is like a kaleidoscopic memory of our planetary system. As a fateful informant considering that what has come to pass in the planetary system, he holds its secrets of this kind within himself. So then it goes to talk about the moon. Oh, I think he's still talking about Saturn. Okay, I'll continue. Whereas in endeavor, endeavoring to phantom the mysteries of the universe, we should turn to the moon in vain, whereas we must win the confidence of the moon beings if we are to learn anything from them about cosmic mysteries. This is not necessar necessary with Saturn. With Saturn, 
All that is necessary is to be open to receive the spiritual. And then, to the eyes of spirit and soul, Saturn becomes a living historian of the planetary system. Nor does he withhold the stories he can tell of what has come to pass in the planetary system. In this respect, Saturn is the exact opposite of the moon. Saturn speaks unceasingly of the past of the planetary systems with such inner warmth and zest that intimate acquaintances with what he says can be dangerous. For the devotion with which he tells of past happenings in the universe arouse in us an overwhelming love for the cosmic past. Saturn is the constant templar of those who listen to his secrets. He tempts them to give little heed to earthly affairs of today and to immerse themselves in what the earth once was. Above all, Saturn speaks graphically about what the earth was before it became earth. And for this reason, he is the planet who makes the past unendingly dear to us. Those who have a particular inclination towards Saturn in earthly existence are people who like to be gazing always into the past who are opposed to progress, who ever and again want, it, want to bring back the past. These indications give some idea of the individuality, the individual character of Saturn. So I hope you understood that. If you didn't, contact me. So I hope you enjoy that reading from Rudolf Steiner. He is the founder of Biodynamic Farming and a true inspiration in my Sky Astrology journey. Now for where the heavenly bodies are. Most of the main players where they were yesterday quickly are South Node at the Galactic Center. Changes to the world. Sorry, don't call it new normal, please, because it's not normal. This is a change, and it's being introduced to you to make you feel that you can normalize it. And that is a challenge for a lot of us who are awake. That's at two degrees of... Sagittarius, which is where the galactic center is, and that is the self-ascending node and sun calculation. Then we have three heavenly bodies in retrograde. We mentioned them before. Pluto has moved to 27 degrees, Saturn at 29, no, sorry, Jupiter at 29, Sagittarius, and Saturn is at zero degrees and has just arrived at the zero place in the retrograde because it's going to go back into Sagittarius, it's going to go back into a fiery energy. And it's shown us what happens, which was um, with the lockdowns, what happens when Saturn enters Capricorn. This is not Saturn enters Aquarius, like I've seen Western astrologers put out memes and people. Um, sharing them because when we have Saturn in Aquarius if I'm around <laughs> I hope so 
and most of us are. This is a different energy. It's air energy. It's when, you know, technology and a more humanitarian uh, feeling to it. And like, you know, what I read from Rita Steiner, it's about, you know, Saturn holding that energy, like restrictions, I say this, holding, it's not really giving back, it's not really flowing, and air flows, and air is free, and air is, you know, expanding, expanding energy, earth is not an expanding energy, and it's not free, and it wants to ground you, it wants to place limitation, it wants to uh, manifest as something that you feel is stuck and that you can't maneuver it and only way moving it is like through long hard work or through strife this is the energy of saturn in the capricorn now we went into that with the lockdown it's going retrograde and it's holding space at zero before it changes energies and goes in, back into the sagittarius fire space and you know this is really a possibility if people are awake and those who are awakened share and with what's coming up at this solar eclipse that is six months from the last solar eclipse where we had the corona shown and where was uh, the same day that actually corona was told to be the seventh strand of the coronavirus and so this solar eclipse will be quite poignant and I'm looking what's happening. And the way I look and research, and you can do it yourself, look at government website, look at the laws that are being changed on these days because they give very big clues to what you cannot wait for mainstream media to tell you what is happening. Okay. This is why you have to do your own research. So. This is also why you look up and it kind of signals you, listen, do some research, find out what information is available to you in plain sight or what downloads, what you sense and feel might be a hint to what's actually happening. So we're holding space for this zero degrees. It's going to be uh, most of this week. So that's a good thing. Next, we have Neptune at 23 degrees, it's going to go retrograde as well. Not this week, next week. <laughs> but it's really important because Neptune is in Aquarius. So we do have the vision. We have the possibilities that are free, you know, or people are dreaming, people are sensing that something, there's more information than they're seeing with, you know, their naked eye or what's being told to them and some of it's being told in dreams or situations and they're aware of the illusions and the misinformation and we can thank this energy of Neptune being in the free air energy of Aquarius for that. Next to this um, position we have Mars just entered water. And this is, like I said before, there was no water, uh, no heavenly bodies in water. And now we have Mars of all things in water. So what does that do? Mars is a fire energy 
and has a lot of energy and wants to get things going. So when I just talk, for instance, it can get you going to bring the waters back, you know, and to respect what Mars is there for. It's not for you to make an attack because you feel emotional. It's for you to really <laughs> marinate, you know, with your feelings, to not avoid them. And also because your feelings or your waters are very connected to your intuition and think beyond what is, what the reasons why you feel the way you do, but why, what's actually happening. So we have quite a big span of time to connect with that as it's just starting its journey. But as it is at zero degrees, probably for the rest of the day, maybe tomorrow, we can utilize this energy of Mars to get things started, to get in touch with how we really feel and what we're going to do about those um, intuitional um, prompts, emotional prompts that we might have. Next, our moon is in this position that I call the Satus crossroads of Aries. It's mathematically in Aries at two degrees, but really it is uh, at Satus and today, especially near the Pisces star of Arishka. So this is also, in a way, water, the embodiment of water, our moon, taking us for a little bit of testing the waters in the part of the sky that is transiting from the sea to more earth and um, fire. So we have, we're still in the sea, we're still in water, but we have, you know, enough energy from the fire from Aries to get it going and it's an opportunity to improve the fire to uh, make it a more evolved fire because the dragon energy the Satan sea monster energy is more about using your voice as to caution about something you feel passionate about and using your intuition with the um, embodiment of this sea dragon that can live on land and sea and that has a tail of a fish to really um, connect with what's not right, what's materially not right and what's emotionally not right and to then figure out how to express that imbalance, that intuition of what those things are and the best way to do is through, you know, um, opening up your mouth and as using your voice as a cautionary warning to let people know that you can speak the truth. Okay, so that's how my interpretation. Anyway, so, <clears throat> and it's still connected to Uranus. So Uranus, can you can do that in unusual ways. You see it over the internet, people speaking their truth, opening up their mouths. And, you know, one thing I don't appreciate a lot is the judgment on social media. Everybody's where they're supposed to be and everybody's doing what they can do. And that's how it is because 
the fact of the matter is the reason that we're opening our mouths is because this has been, you know, we've been living a very non-spiritual existence for too long and the, these constructs are breaking down and it's the metamorphosis we're going to. So there's really a lot of things that are going to be uh, how they are and what works hopefully will keep and what doesn't work will let go of. That's how I can see it with in addition to Uranus is at 10 degrees of Aries and this is for my lovely students who have a sky chart that they can follow along and put these in their sky. Venus is still retrograde at 13 degrees in Taurus. Our sun is at 32 degrees today approaching the north node and Betelgeuse which is at 35 so we got three more days so that happens uh, you know between the the day that it happens and the new moon it will be quite significant because the new moon will be at 36 but this conjunction of Betelgeuse and and uh, the north node Rahu will be at 35 degrees and I'll give you more exact dates later on in the week. Last but not least at all is our lovely Mercury that for the moment is 14 degrees of Gemini but it will be standing stationary tomorrow in a time I will be giving to uh, my students so that they can make the most of this energy and how it is really um, connecting them to the um, sources that are available because I have found that when Mercury stands still is a very, very informative time and a very powerful time. And you, if you hold space for that, you can receive a lot of information about wherever it is in your sky. So, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Lots of love from me, and thanks for listening. Have a amazing moment. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast on iTunes or wherever, uh, or Spotify, whichever you listen to, please do subscribe. It helps to spread the word of Sky Astrology and for people, more people to be reconnected with our heavenly bodies, true astronomical and mathematical position as seen in our sky. Lots of love from me.